Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Good morning. Roto experts. To the end zone. It's The mark of fantasy excellence. You have to be careful about who you think is stepping forward on the depth chart. It's time for a touchdown. We're here to help you win your leagues and win that cash. You are now tuned in to the Roto Experts in the morning. This is your time. Now go out there and take it. Work it, make it, do it. Makes us harder, better, faster, stronger. Work it harder, make it better, do it faster. Makes us stronger. Rise and shine, fantasy players. It is a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Wednesday, September 19th. Let's cock-a-doodle do it. This is Roto Experts in the Morning, right here on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I'm your host, Dane Martinez. They call me Speed, spitting statistician. And as always, I am joined by my man, FSWA Hall of Famer, El Rey de Fantasia, the king, Scott Angles. Scotty, how you doing today on a Wednesday? Waivers has run in a number of leagues. We were just talking about another one we were in uh, where waivers have run. And uh, listen, we closed the book on week two. We look forward to week three. How you feeling? Ah, busy, busy, busy. We got more waivers to run tonight. You know, already on rotoexperts.com and the in-season exclusive edge package. You can check out... Uh, Tons of waiver articles there from the Fantasy Executive uh, and Joe Galena. You know, everything you need. My in-season ranks are up there. Uh, enter the King at checkout for a special discount. Uh, spent a lot of last night just, uh, you know, making waiver claims and uh, floating out trade offers. You know, it's a, we're in the groove here. Absolutely. I got myself a little bit of Giovanni Bernard when I woke up this morning, and I was very excited about that. You know, let me ask you something real quick. I'm going to take a divergence from what I had as my headlines. Scott, you know, yeah, 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 a little divergent thinking. Um, In my longest time, my longest big home dynasty league, okay, where it's 14 teams, it's been a dynasty for like 10 years, you know, um, I have Lev Bell and James Conner, right? But the the things I'm most important – for this question is, I own Kerryon Johnson and Sony Michelle in this league, which I like. And these are these guys that I think are kind of going to ascend over time as rookies. And because of that, I made sure I put in a waiver claim for Giovanni Bernard. Because I have, in Giovanni Bernard, I believe him to be a short-term fix for an RB2 kind of situation, right? In my PPR league, I think for the next, in my opinion, four weeks, Giovanni Bernard will serve as an RB2. And that gets me to week seven. You know what I mean, Scott? And then by then, I fully expect either Kerryon Johnson or Sonny Michelle to be a lead back for their team and be able to plug in for Gio. Yeah, you know, that, that's a good strategy to have. I think Kerryon Johnson will happen for. It's like with Sonny Michelle, 
I'm a lot less confident. So, uh, you know, it sounds like a good bridge strategy. You know, we, right. they talk about having in the NFL like bridge quarterbacks, yep. like Terod Taylor. You know, they, they got, you got your bridge waivers. The most important thing to do this morning is take a look at your waiver runs and see who has dropped. Because depending mm. on who is in your league and, you know, who, what they're overreacting to, you can never you can never tell who was dropped. I'm just looking at one of my leagues right now. Matthew Stafford was dropped this morning. Oh, that's absolutely ridiculous. I, I, I think that's a great strategy, Scott. One man's trash is another man's treasure. You know, sometimes people are pushed or backed into a corner and have to drop someone that they may not want to because of injuries or because of buys. We don't have the buys just yet. But, you know, in a situation where people are holding on to people because of injury and roster spots get tight, people have to make tough decisions. You know, it's kind of like, Scotty, you know, right after the fourth preseason game in the NFL, right? You know, everyone's got to drop players, but then that frees up the merry-go-round. So that is a very good idea. Remember, yeah, guys, if you want to join people up. are just reactionary because this, this guy yeah. picked up Ryan Fitzpatrick instead. Interesting. I mean, you know, I'm trying to ride the Fitzpatrick wave as long as I can and know that it, I'll hop off. You know, someone asked me a question like that, Fitzpatrick and another quarterback, and maybe it was even Stafford. But here is the catch, Scott. And this was like an eight-team league. Right. And so in that situation, I was like, you know what? Go ahead and grab Fitzpatrick, you know, ride the wave because in an 18 league, whenever Fitzpatrick, you know, uh, turns back into a pumpkin and we all think that will happen. But whenever that is in an 18 league, you're going to have enough viable quarterbacks on the waiver wire anyway to just go out and get that. Like the value, the replacement level value in an 18 league is just so much higher than in a 12 or 14 big boy kind of league. Oh, yeah, certainly. It's like. And you're, if you're in like in a 14 team league, it's like some of my deeper leagues, like I'm bidding on guys like Mark Walton and Mark oh, yeah. Murphy. Yeah, absolutely. You know, especially I got a, I have a 14 team super flex league. You know, every quarterback in the NFL is on a roster. But let's get to some news and notes. I want to tell people, um, I want to tell people to uh, join the show if they want. The number is 844-843-6879. You could always follow us at Scotty Roto X at Spittin' Speeds. And remember to go on and get that exclusive edge in season fantasy football package. Enter the promo code the King at checkout. Scotty, light news and notes day. I gotta add. Admit, not much was on my radar, so I'll see if anything I missed after I go through these for you, Scotty. But um, up there in Buffalo, head coach McDermott and uh, Leslie Frazier, the defensive coordinator, are now going to, quote-unquote, collaborate on defensive calls. Scotty, what the heck does that mean? Uh, it means that, you know, the head coach doesn't like what's going on and maybe needs to step in. I guess so, but, like, honestly, in Buffalo, I think there's a lot of stuff to worry about. Is the defense even the primary concern in Buffalo, or is it that offensive line and Josh Allen under center now with probably no LaShawn McCoy for one week at Minnesota? I mean, like, their defense is going to be one thing, but I'd be surprised if the Bills get into double digits on offense this week. Well, it's not like they're even playing close football, so both sides of the ball of a our problem, and they're trying to address one side of it. Just because the offense is a bigger problem doesn't mean the defense is not an issue, because it obviously is.
I guess so, you know. Yeah. Hey, listen, Scotty, um, we talked yesterday, I believe it was yesterday, we talked about how the Washington football team signed Michael Floyd and how they also signed Brashad Perryman and that that meant, if nothing else, even though those guys will probably not be fantasy relevant, it meant that they weren't pleased with guys like Josh Dotson and Paul Richardson on the outside. Um, what do you make about the fact that Jordan Matthews is working out for his former team, the Philadelphia Eagles? I mean, he's been there before. There was a brief moment in time this summer when we thought that um, he, Jordan Matthews, could be the guy that's like playing the role that Philip Dorsett is probably playing. He's, you know, they're really banged up. Mike Wallace, broken leg. Mac Hollins on IR. Alshon Jeffrey, still not all the way back. Um, what do you make out of this? Jordan Matthews working out for Philly may resign with a former team. Uh, you know, maybe maybe something for the Eagles to have some depth, but really nothing okay. to see here. You know, when these guys come off the street, uh, you know, there's no real impact. If they're on the street right now, outside of Des Bryant, you know, they're not going to make an impact anywhere. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Outside of Des Bryant, huh? are there any? I mean, I hear Orleans Darkwell all the time on like the emergency call list. Do you think he'll ever get on a team this year and maybe get some carries? Uh, it's already anybody week, else besides already week, Dez? Already, it's already week three. It's like none yeah, of these guys, none of these guys matter. Even if they get onto a roster, what are they going to contribute at this point? Yeah, I guess that makes you know, sense. No, if you Listen, got Terrence West, it's it's the Terrence West. My guy, all Terrence over West. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love how he's my guy now, Scotty. That's all right. I ain't mad at you. Um, let me ask you this. Okay, I told you it was a light news day, so let me ask you this. I had people. You know, over the last couple of days, and we didn't talk about this much this week. Um, you know, everyone knows in Pittsburgh the Le'Veon Bell saga, right? And listen, today is Wednesday. We'll see if he walks into the facility for week three, right? But we didn't talk about it much. But did you see what's been going around with Antonio Brown as well? I mean, there was this back and forth where he was like with a Twitter troll, you know, being like, trade me and find out how important I am. But then, and that I don't really make a big deal out of. But then he also decided to miss practice on Monday and, like, skip practice. It's like, what's going on with these Steelers? Is, like, reporting for practice and reporting for work now voluntary? I mean, maybe this is a big deal about nothing. But I'm starting to maybe add these together to be greater than the sum of their parts. Is there a trend going on in Pittsburgh? Is there a discord? I mean, going into the season, I remember saying I was worried that it would unravel in Baltimore, that it would unravel in Cincy there in the AFC North because, you know, coaches have been there for a long time and quarterbacks are on the downside of their career. Well, to be quite honest, you could say the same thing about the Steelers. Tomlin's been there for a while and Big Ben is on the downside of his career. I mean, the 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 Steelers haven't won a game yet. Is it possible that it's unraveling in Pittsburgh, Scotty? Uh, I I think there's some unrest going on there. But Mike Tomlin's been there long enough where I feel like things are, you know, not a uh, not totally unraveling. Uh, it's Antonio Brown. Another concern, and we'll be posting the article on RotoExperts.com right now. Is is you know the the recurrence of his calf injury. And you know he had he had calf problems last year, so right. is Antonio Brown even another hundred percent? That that's uh, that's a concern as well. That is a concern. I mean, remember that calf cost him to miss. I think it was two games at the end of last season, Scotty, and that's kind of when Juju Smith-Schuster really emerged. And so, to be quite honest, someone was asking me about like, hey. Should I really keep an eye on James Washington because of this Antonio Brown stuff? You know, and I mean, 
Might as well, like in Dynasty Leagues, you have him. I don't think Washington is really viable unless Antonio Brown were to miss some time. But you're saying, Scott, on inside injuries, like, you know, that they are concerned. Their algorithms have him as an elevated risk. What do you think that means for a guy like James Washington? I mean, at some point, you know, the Steelers may be operating without Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell. And that time may be week three or four, but it's probably going to be in 2019. What do you think about Washington? Uh, well, if Brown was to go out, he'd step up. And, you know, he's a big downfield receiver, but I think he's a rookie too. So, and when a rookie gets pressed into a starting situation, I don't think you can assume opportunities going always to lead production. I think it would be a big boost for Juju Smith-Schuster to continue to, you know, get those kind of numbers that he was getting next weekend. You know, I think Jesse James would continue to be very viable. There you have it. Maybe uh, Ben looks to the tight end. Jesse, uh, you know, a lot of people were looking at Jesse James on waivers. And, and Scott, one of the things I was cautioning them against is that Vance McDonald is back and healthy, and he performed. And remember, he was the main tight end target back last year in the playoff game. As Vance McDonald gets back to more, more to closer to uh, full health, do you think Jesse James is sustainable as a, uh, as a tight end streamer or as a startable tight end? Uh, Vance McDonald never stays healthy. You know, that that's right. the problem. So, you know, we might continue to see more of Jesse James, but you do make a good point there. Yeah, because, like, I mean, you know, we talk about running back timeshares, right? It's very tough to have a tight end timeshare where both guys are relevant. We've seen it last year in Tampa with O.J. Howard and Cameron Brait. We see kind of this year what's happening in Indianapolis even with Doyle and Ebron, who I know you like. And so it's, it's, it's tough for a team to sustain two tight ends. Hey, Scotty, um, one other thing. And I just want to get this, like, validated from you because you are an FSWA Hall of Famer. You are the king. I mean, I find myself telling people on social media the same stuff every like this week. Everybody is asking me questions about guys that they're really concerned about. Should they trade him? Should they drop him? And, and Scotty, I know our guy Chris Bavona down there in the Fantasy Pit of Misery. He's like our, our, our cinebuff, you know, our cinephile, uh, our yeah. movie guy. But you've seen uh, Braveheart, right? No. You haven't seen Braveheart? Oh, my no. goodness, Scott. Okay, well, there's this one scene, right? Their big first, like, war scene. You know, Will and Wallace is, like, painted up and stuff like that. And they've got the horses on the other side. And it's like no army in history has ever beaten an army that had horses, right? So William Wallace's crew, they spend – they have, like, these lo- these tree trunks that they've shaved to be, like, huge spears, right? And so the horses are charging at them. You know, and it's a dramatic scene. You see the hard – and, like, William Wallace is about to give the command to, like, raise up these huge wooden spears that they made out of the tree trunks, right? But as the right. horses are charging at them, you know, you see William Wallace, and it's a close shot right on his face, and he's just like, hold. And they're still charging, and William Wallace is like, hold. And then the horses are still charging, and he's like, hold. And that's what I'm telling people on Fantasy Advice this week, Scott, <laughs> on social media. Everyone's like, what should I do with this guy? Should I drop this guy? Should I drop this guy? Should I trade for this guy? And I'm like, no, hold. You know, and then it's like, what about this guy? I'm like, hold. What about this guy? I'm like, hold. And I think that's what you got to do. Sometimes people are looking for the silver bullet answer, Scott. And like, 
You just got to grin and bear it. Like someone asked me if they should like trade David Johnson, if they should drop David Johnson. Now, I know that David Johnson has not returned value so far as a first round pick. And you may, in fact, have like an RB2 on your hands. But what are you going to do? Trade David Johnson for 70 cents on the dollar? You have to hold him. And that's the case for a lot of people right now. Right, Scott? Right, because a lot of people are trying to sell David Johnson. But (laughs) but at the same time... You're not going to get proper return on him. What you get back is is probably not going to be what anywhere near what you want or that you might deserve in two weeks' time if he turns it around. And you know, at the same time, on the flip side, you know, if you find a lot of those owners in your league, you should swoop in and you know take advantage of the panic factor there. And you know, you 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 talk about you know people want to find difference makers. You're not going to if you're owing two, you're not going to find it on the waiver wire. There's there's no real difference makers on the free agent list right now. You need to improve your team. You're going to have a trade. And again, I'm saying it again. It's it's getting to be a point where it's being frustrating, actually. If you want to improve your team, be realistic, okay? If you're making a trade, be realistic. You have to give up something to get something. I had somebody ask me last night, I want to get rid of Russell Wilson, and I'd like to get Dalvin Cook or Melvin Gordon, or Leonard Fournette, or Tyreek Hill. You know, come on. You're not going to get that for Russell Wilson after he's coming off one of the worst right. games of his career. Be realistic. People want to make trades. They don't think them through, and that's why they don't get any, anything in return. Think about what the other team might want in, re- in return. People are saying, oh, what can I get for a Wilson? Well, it starts by looking at the roster mm-hmm. grid in your league, determining a team that maybe needs a quarterback, and then realistically looking at their team, put yourself in, in, the, in, the, mental, you know, in, the, in the in the mentality of the other owner. If you had you know, a guy like Melvin Gordon, are you realistically going to accept an offer for Russell Wilson? There's no way. Stop thinking about what only what you want. Otherwise, you're not going to complete a trade. I'm seeing so many people wanting to put up trade offers, and they don't want to give up anything. Exactly, Scott. You're absolutely right. You have to see where your team matches up with the other team. For example, in one of my leagues, you know, uh, I have Chase Edmonds. So I looked to the David Johnson owner, right? And then I also saw that I owned Jordan Wilkins and the David Johnson owner owned Marlon Mack. And I was like, huh, we could do something here for handcuff for handcuff potentially. Or I just told you that I flipped, I got Giovanni Bernard, right? In a league, I looked to find what the Joe Mixon owner was, right? I looked for the Joe Mixon owner. And in this league, I'm looking to maybe upgrade at wide receiver three where I have Jamison Crowder who hasn't performed, right? So I look at the Joe Mixon owner and wow, he's stacked at wide receiver with Odell Beckham and Adam Thielen and Nelson Aguilar and Jarvis Landry and Quincy Anunua. I'm like, huh, this might match up. So I email him and I'm like, hey, you want Giovanni Bernard? I see you have, you know, depth at wide receiver. What's up with Landry or Anunua? You know, something like that. You have to look at the other team see what they need and see what matches up you're not going to be able to fleece everybody you have to have a goal of how you are upgrading your team all right scott when we come listen back to speech here on- think your trade offers through thank you sir i appreciate that validation from an fswa hall of famer when we come back we're going to look at scotty's ranks in season over on roto experts see who's rising see who's falling maybe that you could use that to take advantage of some people as well and see where roster does match up it's dane and scott fantasy sports radio network roto experts come on right back 
The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only place to go for 24-7 fantasy sports advice. Once you download the FNTSY Sports Radio app, you'll get the most accurate experts and most entertaining programming in the fantasy sports world. Listen to great shows like Fantasy Football Frenzy. There you go right there, Goon Squad. Game Time Decisions. Good teams win, great teams cover. Fantasy Freestyle. You know what it is. And plenty more. Download the FNTSY Sports Radio app on your iPhone and Android devices now and take the best fantasy sports talk wherever life leads you. Welcome back. We are here on Roto Experts in the morning. Yeah, my Adidas right here. Little Run DMC action on Roto Experts in the morning right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Dane Martinez and the King Scott Angle. I want to let you know about Fantasy Factor. It's the only DFS site with exclusive single-entry contests. It's fun and a recreational place to play with smaller leagues and flatter prize pools. They have great free promos like Survivor, Super Bowl Squares, and March Madness Bracket Contests. Go over there and sign up. Check it out. It's FantasyFactor.com. FantasyFactor.com. Scotty and I were giving you some updates, some news and notes from around the league, and also this idea that you know we're in the phase of the season, and I know everybody wants to constantly improve, and you should be looking to constantly improve your fantasy team, obviously. But the thing is, like, there's no magic bullet answer. Okay, the guys here that, like, like Scott said, that are on the waiver wire are on the waiver wire for a reason. They're bench guys, you know. They're at this point the guys who popped off on week one are already owned. You know, the Philip Lindsays of the world are already owned. The Ryan Fitzpatricks are already owned. So you're not like you're not going to find this exclusive diamond in the rough at this point. The only way. Things like this are going to open up, unfortunately, is if someone big sustains a long-term injury. And then you're going to have someone, because remember, it's skill and opportunity. The guys that are not starting right now, we don't necessarily like their skill. There's a reason that they're not starting, all right? So the other point of the uh, equation is opportunity. The only thing that is going to change and make someone be a game-breaker for fantasy at this point is a dramatic change in opportunity. And the the only reason that will happen is if someone gets injured or suspended, unfortunately. And the only place where that really happened in week two was Joe Mixon going down, which leads to the potential of Giovanni Bernard. That's why he got picked up everywhere. But even he is only a guy who can really help you, but probably only for a short period of time. We think it's around four weeks, right, Scotty? Yeah, it, it's uh, it's certainly looking that way. We don't know. Everybody heals differently. Hopefully yeah. it could be two weeks, but you, you never know. It could be could be four, could be five. Yeah. You know, they said everything went clean with the procedure, you know, so that's good news. And uh, look, if you can trade for Joe – I've seen a lot of people making offers for Joe Mixon, but sure. I, think, I think it depends on what position you're in. You know, if, I mean, if you want to yeah. – if you had good running back depth, yes, but – but I see people wanting to rip up their team to acquire Joe Mixon, and I'm like, be careful about who how you deal because, uh, you know, the guy you pick up is he can miss the next four weeks, and mm-hmm. you'll have a hole in your lineup. So, you know, look at your own roster before you offer or anything for Joe Mixon. Yeah, I, I agree with that. But if you have some depth, if you're already 2-0, and you need to start thinking about looking ahead. You know, it's similar, Scott, to what I was just saying about getting Giovanni Bernard, right? And when I have, say, a uh, Sony Michelle or a carry-on Johnson or something like that, someone who I think is going to ascend over time, uh, Giovanni Bernard is the perfect, like you said, bridge, right? That works the other way also, right? Like, for example, the best name that I would mention right now is a uh, – 
James Conner. You know, at some point, James Conner's production and opportunity is going to evaporate whenever Lev Bell walks into that building, and maybe it's good to have Joe Mixon in that situation, right? Because maybe Joe Mixon's coming back right as Lev Bell comes back. You have to look at your team. You have to look at the opponents as well. And But in most yeah, cases, but, you know, go ahead. You know, I, I agree with everything you're saying. It's just, okay. you know, I'm seeing a lot of offers getting thrown out there where people don't have the depth, and yet they're right. still trying to go after Joe Mixon. Like, I have Gio, Vonnie Bernard, you know, I want to go after Joe Mixon, and I, I'll give up this, but then it's still going to put a hole in their lineup. So, yeah. you know, don't just because you have Gio and Vonnie Bernard doesn't mean you have to have Joe Mixon. So you, you, don't, you, don't have to, you, don't, you don't have to get a monopoly on that backfield. You know, think about now, like, like, like Spit and Speed says, if you got depth, you can look ahead. But if you don't have depth, I don't want to trade for a guy that's injured or holding out. Yeah, no, I hear you. I mean, listen, some of these guys that are suspended are going to be coming back real soon. You know, Aaron Jones should be back this week. We're going to see Mark Ingram return soon. Jameis Winston's going to come back soon, although Winston may not come back to a starting job himself. All right, um, let's keep it moving here. Scotty, remember, people can follow us at Spitting Speeds at Scotty Roto X. And Scotty, you unleash your in season rankings, you know, and this helps you for roster moves, for waivers. You know, should I cut this guy? Should I pick up this guy for this guy? And that sort of thing. So I want to take a look at some of these guys, some of your biggest risers and fallers. I start with the running back position. And um, obviously, there's James Conner. We know about this. But here's what I want to ask you I want to ask you about your number nine running back. And I'm looking at standard formats. And then if you look at PPR, we're talking about your number 11 back, but regardless, we're talking about a back-end RB1. I'll go down to Atlanta. We're talking about Tevin Coleman, okay? And and, and I want to ask you about this because your ranks are now kind of for rest of season, right? And so my question is, what does this mean about Devontae Freeman? Devontae Freeman is another guy, Scotty, who I'm getting a ton of questions on. Like, should I cut, you know, should I pick up um, Philip Lindsay and drop Devontae Freeman? And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, I'm okay with you picking up Philip Lindsay, but there's got to be someone lower on the totem pole than Devontae Freeman to drop. That's one piece here. But talk to me about Tevin Coleman and why you're so high on him. You have him as a back-end RB1 for the rest of the season. Is it because you're really that concerned about Devontae Freeman and maybe him, like, not coming back for a while? Yeah, you know, we've seen reports about, you know, they don't know when he's going to be back. There's yeah. a timetable of two no to three table. weeks. But, you know, it doesn't seem like it's firm. You know, and Tevin Coleman... You know, we've always known that, uh, you know, if this guy is going to step up and, you know, get the opportunity, he's got a possibility to run with it. So that's something you got to think about. Yeah, it is something to think about. I mean, here's the question. I remember you were just saying with Cincy, you don't want to own Bernard and Mixon. Is that the same case in Atlanta? Or are you comfortable trying to maybe trying to consolidate the Atlanta running backs and getting Freeman and Coleman? Uh. I don't want Devonta Freeman on my roster at all. I don't trust. I don't trust him. Would you cut Devonte Freeman if you were a Freeman owner? You couldn't do that. Right? No, no, because he, you know, he may return at some point this year. I think right. that'd be silly. 
Yeah. It's just like the William Wallace, like I was saying, hold. You have to hold yeah. Devontae Freeman. There's nothing you can do. You yeah. can't start him. You can't drop him. You can't trade him because if you own Devontae Freeman, you probably used your second-round pick on Devontae Freeman, right? And I understand that whatever you paid for them in the draft is now null and void on some level, but you're not going to get fair value as my man uh, the King Scott Angle describes. Hey, one of the guys that you've dropped a bunch here that's – uh, is your running back number 17, Lamar Miller. It seems like you're lower on him than the industry. The industry has him as RB12, so still a RB1. You have him more as a mid-level RB2. What's up with your with Lamar Miller? Are you uh, coming around to what I've said about these Texans since the start of the season, that this offensive line is a concern? I never had him ranked that high to begin with, so oh, okay. you know, it's pretty much around the same range. But I do think the offense is going to turn it around. And he's going to catch some passes and get some touchdowns. So, you know, it's not like I'm going to push him into RB3 territory. Okay, another running back that you're a little bit lower on than most, it looks like, is up there in Chicago with Jordan Howard. Jordan Howard, you have his RB20, Scott. And uh, granted, this is in PPR ranks. I'm sure he's higher than that in standard. I'm checking right now. A little bit higher. He's 18, so not a big bump. What's up with uh, you having Howard lower than most? Is it faith in Tariq Cohen, who actually, to be honest, Scott, did not really perform well on Monday night? Or is it something else? You think now Chicago's a fantasy herd? Are they throwing more to Allen Robinson and the like? Why, why are you lower on um, Jordan Howard? Well, you know, we just didn't see much from him last week. There's a timeshare with Tariq Cohen to some sort of degree, although he's the lead back. And, you know, this this Bears offense just doesn't look good right now. You know, they were playing a very depleted defense on Monday night, and they, they could not take advantage. I don't know how many scoring opportunities that Jordan Howard is going to get on a regular basis. All right. Um, and then I want to ask you, um, about the Jets running backs, okay? You, I've gotten a lot of questions about the Jets running backs, Scotty, and you are higher on both of them than the, in, than the industry is. You know, you have Crowell as RB31. You have Powell as RB33. So that means to me you think both of them are legitimate flex plays, whereas, you know, the consensus ranks have them both outside of, say, like the top 36, meaning they wouldn't be flex plays. What's up with Crowell and Powell? You have more faith in the Jets running game than others this week they are on the road on thursday night football that's not a spot i usually like uh what's up with you and crow show and boom boom be loud pal pal uh i like the revenge game for isaiah crowell Ooh, against the browns nice uh same for terrell Pryor, huh yeah same for terrell Pryor. makes makes a good one week pickup and uh and also you know with these jet running backs you, you never know what it's going to be from week to week yeah, it's a true timeshare. You know what I mean? It's it's kind of a 50-50 split. Both of them do some good things in the uh, in the run game for the Jets, and it's good for the Jets to be multiple like that. Let's go over to wide receiver real quick. Scotty, one guy, I mean, let's stick with these Jets. You have Quincy Inunua as wide receiver 23, Scotty. That is 22 spots higher than the consensus. You have him as a, you know, maybe even some leagues, a wide receiver two kind of format, you know, if it's a 14-team league, number 
number 23 is a wide receiver too. Um, he has clearly, in my opinion, you know, everyone knows I'm a Jets fan. You know, I'm watching every snap of the Jets games. It is clear to me, Scott, that Darnold locks in on Anunua. It is clear to me, Scott, that when they do their kind of RPOs and stuff, and then they fire it right over the middle, that's Inunua's territory. Robbie Anderson has this deep threat, doesn't seem to be getting as many targets. We make the point of Terrell Pryor, kind of that outside receiver, but it looks like Quincy Inunua is going to get a ton of targets all season long and that it's sustainable. You see him as legitimately a wide receiver, back-end wide receiver two rest of season? Yeah, I do. You know, I like Sam Darnold, and I think this is clearly emerging as, as his number one target here. So uh, I like him a lot, and, you know, these are my in-season ranks on rotoexperts.com that we're talking about. They're posted now to help you with waivers and trades. Enter the king at checkout for a special discount. And Quincy Newton was a popular waiver wire pickup and a very smart yeah. one last week. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I think this guy is going to lead the team in targets. And then, you know, he's great after the catch. We've talked about this. Uh, they made a point on Monday Night Football at week one that he is a running back in a quarterback's body. Excuse me, a running back in a wide receiver's body. It'd be interesting if he was in a quarterback's body. That would be a little bit, uh, you don't want him getting those bumps and bruises in that case. Let's, uh, another wide receiver situation I want to ask you about, Scotty, is if we go to Denver, you know, if we go to Denver, going into the season, most people had Demarius Thomas as, I would say, a wide receiver two, and Manny Sanders all the way back down as like a low-end wide receiver three, kind of maybe almost a flex play. It looks like, you know, Manny Sanders is the apple of Case Keenum's eye. It looks like he is the primary target there. Manny Sanders has had a couple of good games so far, um, and in your ranks, you have them flip. You know, you have Manny Sanders as uh, wide receiver 20. Demarius Thomas now is wide receiver 27. So you have Sanders as the number one wide receiver in Denver. Talk to me about how you see the Broncos wide receiver situation shaking out rest of season. Uh, you know, I think I think in case Keenum likes Emmanuel Sanders, I just wonder what Demarius Thomas like or his best days really behind him. You know, I think he was mm -hmm. overdrafted and he's just not the big play guy that he used to be. Yeah, and to be quite honest, I think the Denver Broncos think that as well. That's why they went out this year in the draft and got themselves Cortland Sutton and Deshaun Hamilton. And Cortland Sutton, correct me if I'm wrong, Scott, is in that kind of big body outside X mold like Demarius Thomas, right? Yeah, it's. Uh, I think Sanders is a guy. They drafted the heir apparent. Cor Cor Cortland, Cortland Sutton is a guy that. Uh, Cortland Sutton is a guy that you know is you know, really the future there, and may eventually uh, replace him. Right, exactly. So that's what I'm saying. You know, you were wondering if his best days are behind him. I think the Broncos believe that too, and they I think they drafted his heir apparent this year. Another wide receiver situation I want to ask you about that may be in flux although less so than in Denver, is over in Green Bay. We know about Devontae Adams, right? You have Randall Cobb as wide receiver 34. You have our guy Geronimo as wide receiver 45. Your gap is closer than most in the industry. The consensus ranks have it 24 for Cobb and 51 for Allison. But is the gap narrowing in your mind? Is that Are these guys going to continue in that direction? Is Allison going to continue to move up and Cobb going to continue to move down? When we look at these ranks and it's like week 10, is there, like, what percent chance do you give it that Allison is over Cobb? I think this is really an offense where, like, uh, you know, three, two, three, three receivers can coexist. You know, this team pretty much ignores the running game. And, you know, Aaron Rodgers 
showed it last week that he could still put really play well, but despite that injury. So I think both of them can continue to be relevant, but you always worry about the health of a, uh, you know, of a Randall Cobb, of course. No, you see. Yeah. And to be quite honest, I think how much correlated is, to, is that to the health of Aaron Rodgers, though, also, Scott? You know, I mean, listen, if Rodgers does miss any time, it's a severe blow to all the Packers' uh, skill position players, right? Yeah, it's uh, it, it, it would be. But, you know, he certainly looked good last week. You know, but if you have Deshaun Kaiser in there, I think it's obvious. <laughs> yeah, I guess that would. Would that be a bump for the running back, Scott? If that were to happen, would you all of a sudden, would you bump up Williams and Jones? If if what were to happen, Williams and Jones, if uh, no, if, if Rogers would have missed time, if because then would they be? I don't I don't know because I don't know if Deshaun Kaiser can get that team into near the end zone. Uh, you know, defenses won't respect the quarterback. Yeah. All right. Last thing I want to do before we go to break, Scotty, is at tight end real quick. I noticed uh, in that kind of that middle t- tight end one tier um, something interesting. You have guys back to back that. It, I think are different than the industry. I want to get your thoughts on you have Jared cook as tight end nine and you have Trey Burton as tight end 10. Okay. That is four spots higher on cook than the consensus and four spots lower than the consensus on Burton. It says you would rather Jared cook over Trey Burton rest of season. Uh, why? I think they're kind of close with each other. Yeah. Uh, but look, Jared cook had a down game and he still had eight PPR points. You know, I I know I know Jared Cook could easily have two catches for four yards, and I'll move him down next week. But they're very close to each other. Trey Burton really hasn't shown us anything yet in terms of the passing game. That, like I said, that Bears offense not looking good. Yeah, that's true. Uh, you know, and he kind of saved his outing on Monday night with the touchdown. You know, on that little uh, shovel pass. But definitely something to keep an eye on on uh, fantasy sports today. Our guy Mike blew it. Was mentioning, though, if you also remember, Trey Burton got a carry as well. So you never know how that offense is going to wind up using the tight end. Scotty, I want to let people know before we head to break that uh, if you enjoy playing DFS, but you're sick of dealing with the professionals using algorithms and hundreds of lineups, try the Props Builder tool at mybookie.ag. Forget having to create multiple lineups. Ditch the hassle of dealing with late scratches. Avoid experts winning 90% of the money. Invest in the players that you want without salary caps. And if you sign up for a new account using the promo code FNTSY, you can elect an option to receive 50% on a deposit bonus. No more dealing with late scratches. No experts to compete against. Just you and the prop that you choose. Go to mybookie.ag Enter the promo code FNTSY upon sign up and choose your matchups using the Props Builder tool. That's the, F- that's the code FNTSY over at mybookie.ag. All right, Scott, when we come back, here's what we're going to do. We're going to look at some of the week three lines, okay? But I'm going to focus, Scotty, on the games with the highest totals. Why? Because where the most points are scored, that's where the most fantasy goodness is. So we're going to check in on that, see if you like the over-unders on some of these, see if the fantasy goodness is good enough for a game stack in your opinion. And then I got to tell you about some people that have a legit gripe in terms of their scoring for week two. Hashtag game of inches to the extreme. We'll be back. It's Roto Experts in the morning. Dane and Scott after this. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. 
Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. back. It is Roto Expert Morning here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network, the spitting statistician NL Rey de Fantasia. Let's get crazy. Let's get drunk. Yeah, because people are getting crazy with these trade offers. People are getting crazy. Should I drop Devontae Freeman? Unfortunately, you can't. And my man Chris Bavona down there in the Fantasy Pit of Misery knows my William Wallace reference. You have to just hold for a lot of the time. And unfortunately... It's not the answer you want to hear, but you got to just grin and bear it. Scotty and I, we were talking about some guys that are moving up, some guys that are moving down. Don't forget, if you want to get his rankings, if you want to get the blog from the fantasy executive and all some great content to help you win your leagues and win that cash, go on over, get the Roto Experts exclusive edge in-season fantasy package. I know my man Strong Style Ninja has it because of winning the team name contest. Scott, before we get into some of the lines and some of the totals, I want to just bring up real quick, you know I'm doing that hashtag game of inches. Um, you know, mostly on fantasy freestyle, but I encourage people to hit us up here as well. Me and Scott, I want a screenshot of the worst beat possible. Okay. And I got some good ones last week, Scotty. You know, I had a guy, I had a guy that lost his matchup by one point and had the Vikings kicker Carlson who missed like three field goals. You know, we had some people who lost because of that garbage time touchdown on Monday night with whether it was Will Disley or Russell Wilson, right? Or the Bears defense, let's say. I had a guy who lost by less than a point, Scott, and uh, had a kicker McManus, right? And he was hoping that that last game winning uh, kick was not from 36, but that there was like a false start penalty, making it from 41, giving him the point to win. But this is the one that took the cake, Scotty. My guy, Derek Vojinov on Twitter, Big Voj. He's a friend of my stats over Beat Cypher. He was facing DeAndre Hopkins. Okay, Scotty. And he lost by eight-tenths of a point. He lost by .8. And uh, he sent me the highlights of the Texans-Titans uh, game. And that last play of the game, you know, sometimes they do that play, Scott, where, like, you know, you do a short pass to someone and they lateral and run around and lateral and all that stuff, just trying to break it, you know. And that's kind of what was going on. But the catch in this one was that Deshaun Watson is scrambling and stuff. He goes way past the line of scrimmage in the last play, then doubles back to come back and throws it to DeAndre Hopkins, what winds up being like a 20 or 30-yard catch, right? And because it was the last play of the game, the refs just completely forget the rules that Deshaun Watson passed the line of scrimmage. Those points count. If you lost close to De- uh, Deshaun Watson or DeAndre Hopkins, you have a legitimate beef, in my opinion, because there was definitely a penalty that should have been called. The refs were just like, eh game over and that production still counts in the box score if you're like my man you know Derek Vojinov or others that lost close to D-Hop or Deshaun Watson you have a legitimate beef in my opinion this week yeah I think so but uh you know there's nothing you can do you can't go back yeah, I know. And to the NFL about it you know although <laughs> although look this is just a long shot if it happens Nothing stat correction? Football stat corrections are not is official, I believe, until Thursday morning. So they could go back and look at the film and maybe take away that reception. You know, it would not be unheard of. So you know, there's maybe like a 5% shot that this guy could still win his game, but the refs are just like, oh, look, it doesn't matter. Let's just get out of here. We'll, right. We'll, you know? 
I think I think I hear you. Sometimes the league reviews stuff, but what the league would have had to have done though here is call a penalty on that play, rendering the play obsolete. And I don't think they can go back and do that. You know what I mean? So I, it's interesting. But anybody who lost close to D Hop or Deshaun Watson, I'm telling you, you have a legitimate gripe. Um, and when I saw the highlight, I was like, whoa, he definitely passed the line of scrimmage. So I did want to get that out there. Um, remember, people, if you think you have the worst beat of all time, send it to at Spit and Speed. Send it to at Scotty Roto X. Hashtag Game of Inches. We'll be talking about some of those all season long. It's an official contest, though, Scotty, on the Fantasy Freestyle. I even got my guys, Kenneth Cashman, over at RotoWare. They're going to give me, um, you know, whoever loses. I guess wins game of inches because they had the worst loss. I think we're going to get them some free RotoWare gear, so I'm excited about that. Make sure you send your screenshots because I don't believe it unless I see the screenshot. Let's keep it moving here, Scotty. I told you we're looking at some of the lines, but what I want to do is look at the totals, okay? Because it stands to reason that the highest totals are the most scoring, are the most fantasy football production, right? So I look, and we got to start with the Kansas City Chiefs, Scott. You know, and we've been saying this all season long. I hope people listen to us. Not only will the Chiefs offense be fun to watch with Patty Mahomes and the Andy Reid scheme all season, but their defense is going to give up production all season long. In week one, Phillip Rivers threw for over 420. In week two, Big Ben put it up 60 times, okay? So I look at this Kansas City Chiefs at home. They're taking on San Francisco and Jimmy G this week. Scott, the point total is 57. That means 30 to 27 is like right there on the number. Vegas is now expecting both teams to be in the 30s. Um, Do you expect a lot of production in this one? Is this a game stack potentially in DFS? Are you riding out Matt Breida, George Kittle, Pierre Garçon? Are you getting all your 49ers in your lineup this week? I don't know because, you know, it's, 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 it's a really good matchup. But, you know, how many playmakers do they really have that can take advantage of this matchup? You know, that concerns me from the San Francisco perspective. Uh, you like Jimmy Garoppolo, but who are you going to stack him with? You're not going to stack him with Pierre Garçon. We don't know if Marquis Goodwin is going to play. Maybe, maybe I was about to say, you know, it's possibility you could do a Garoppolo-Kittle stack. But from what I've seen this from this team the first two weeks, you know, I think they may try to slow things down, use their two running backs to run, run the ball here, keep that Kansas City de- uh, offense off the field off as the much field. as possible. I don't have a lot of confidence in stacking here for DFS, but, I, of course, I do like Garoppolo, though, uh, you know, as a, as a regular seasonal fantasy play this week. What about Brita? Uh, I'm trying to get Brita in lineups this week. You know, I mean, he gashed Detroit for some big runs, 11 carries for over 130 yards last week. What about Brita? Well, you you look at the fact last week that the Steelers couldn't run the ball and they have better mm-hmm. running backs. You know, if Kansas City jumps out to another quick lead here, they're going to be playing from behind. But they could be throwing a Brita out of the backfield. I kind of like him as a flex this week. Okay, so it sounds like, Scotty, it sounds like you'd be leaning on the under on this one. Maybe that this total has gotten a little bit out of control with what the Chiefs have been doing in the first two weeks. Are you, would you take the under on 57 for this game? Sounds like you think the uh, Niners are going to try to slow it down a little bit. How successful they're going to be, I just don't know. But I could see this game being like, like 38 to 20. So I'm still going to stick with the over. I think that's safe. Wow. 
Okay, yeah. wow. I mean, like, this is uh, these are almost like college football lines, though, like in a Big 12 yeah. kind of game. 57 is huge for an NFL game. Let's look to another game. It's a divisional matchup down in the NFC South where Vegas expects points to be scored as well. The total is 53 for the Saints-Falcons game, Scotty. Um, down there in a dome, obviously, regardless of which team is home in this one, it would be in a dome. It's in the Georgia Dome. Uh, 53 points is also high. We know all the names here. What do we think here? Devontae Freeman still probably out. This is going to be a lot of Coleman, a lot of Julio, and then those secondary weapons who I know we differ in opinion on, right? You expect a lot of fantasy goodness here. Would this be your game stack, Scotty? Yeah, I I would probably take the over here. I think Drew Brees and Michael Thomas, you know, is obviously a good stack. Uh, You know, although, you know, I might might take the quarterback out of it. I might go Kamara and Thomas actually Hmm. take the quarterback out of it. You know, um, because I I can I can see I can see the uh, I can see the Saints running the ball a lot too to try to play clock control here as well because you know that that Atlanta offense you know they have so many skill position players and this New Orleans defense is disappointed you know there's there's, right. a, there's a lot of playmakers right now in that Atlanta passing game with Calvin Ridley stepping forward especially but I'm definitely taking the over on this one. Yeah, you're taking the over on this one. Yeah, you got to be off the Saints defense, okay? I was I was telling people going into the season, and I admit, you know, it turns out that I was not necessarily right on this. When we people were looking at defenses, I was telling people, if you don't get one of the top ones because you're waiting until the second to last round to pick your defense, that's all good. I said the schedule early in the season was great for the Saints because I thought they had the Bucks at home and then the Browns at home, and I thought those were going to be two – good games, but the Bucks put up, you know, 48 points on them with Fitzmagic. It looked all right in week two against the Browns, but that was the reason I was telling people the Saints because of their hot start potential. Now that you're in Atlanta, I think you got to hop off them. Two other games, Scott, that are in the 50s as part of the total in Vegas. Monday Night Football is a big-time total, 53-and-a-half. The Steelers come calling down to Tampa Bay. We all know what the Bucks' offense has been with Fitzpatrick in the first couple of weeks. We know the Steelers are, generally speaking, a high-powered offense, 53-and-a-half. Scotty, where are you going on this one? Do you lean over or under, and what about the potential for a game stack here? Uh, it's tough on the over. What do you think? Uh, I don't know. This is a tough one. Also, I, I, I would lean under just because like, to me, this is just too high. I, these are, to me, this is like in season win totals when a team is 12 or 12 and a half. Like, I'm just not going to bet it. Like if the new England Patriots are 12 or 12 and a half, do I think they could go over? I think it, but just so many things could go wrong that prevent that from happening. Right? So while I think it's possible, it's just too high of a number for me to get on and actually bet the over. I would likely stay away from this one, but if I had to bet one way or the other, it would be the under for me personally. We we know about Big Ben on the road, and I think that this total is inflated because of what we've seen in, out of Ryan Fitzpatrick in the first two weeks, and I think he's going to come crashing back down to earth eventually, and Monday night's as good of a time as any. So I would lean under on this. I just think it's too many points, Scott. Nice. Well, you know, I'm going to go over on this. You know, neither oh. team has, it, has, it, has a secondary, you know, especially True. Tampa Bay here, uh, you know, especially if you're playing in, in those those sort of games where it's like, you know they now have these daily games where it's just you you bet one game it's that that's right. going to be that's just going to be a lot of fun you know i think fitzpatrick will throw another three touchdown passes you trade wow. to Sean jackson after this week 
this team will take on a new dimension. Eventually, you'll see Ronald Jones getting in there because Peyton Barber's only averaging 2.6 yards mm. per carry. Another another big week for Juju Smith-Schuster, I think. Maybe another uh, big week for Jesse James. But I, I think James Conner's going to play a factor because sometimes when these games look like shootouts, if one team has a good running back, they might say, okay, you know, let's establish the run and try to right. control the clock. The Steelers can do that. Tampa Bay can't. See, I think that's what's going to wind up happening, okay? I think the shine, unfortunately, comes off the rose for Tampa. I think Pittsburgh will be able to do, like you said, establish the run. And I think this is when Ryan Fitzpatrick makes reverts back to making a couple of mistakes. And I think the Steelers will be able to park the bus a little bit in the fourth quarter. That's part of why I'm going with the under. Last high total that I want to talk about. And first of all, Scotty, when we make our picks on Friday, just so you know, you don't have to pick teams. You, If you really like this, you could pick the over on one of these games or the under on one of these games as your official pick that when we make three picks against the spread, you could make an over or under total as one of your picks, okay? Just want to clarify the rule of the little game that we have going on here on Roto experts in the morning. The last game that I want to talk about, though, Scotty, real quick, that is a high total above 50 is uh, Sunday Night Football. The Lions are hosting the Patriots. Over-under on this game is 52. Listen, here's my question for you. Lions head coach Matt Patricia, while the veterans are grumbling at all of his structures and rules and stuff like that, he is formally the defensive coordinator of the New England Patriots. Do you think he knows how to solve the riddle that is Tom Brady at all? Uh, you know, it's possible, but he certainly knows his tendencies. It's, it's Bill Belichick and Brady are always going to be a step ahead. You know, if anybody's got a shot, yes, but I don't think he has enough talent on defense to do it. You know, it's more than just about the schemes. You know, this defense has really not looked good after two weeks. So uh, I'm going to, I'm going to say no there. I'm going to take the over on this game because the New England defense hasn't looked too good either. But, you know, then again, this more worries me about Matt Stafford more than anything because, mm. You know, I I think well, it's Jim Bob Cooter. You know, maybe I should Jim say Bob that. Cooter. It's Jim Bob Cooter, and it's not like Jim Bob Cooter used to work for the Patriots. So forget that I'm going to say that. You know, I think this can be a high-scoring affair and an, another good game for Matthew Stafford here. I can't see that secondary being able to run, contain a Kenny Galladay. You know, I'd be okay with a Stafford Galladay stack. Interesting, Stanford Galladay stack, um, Golden Tate. Sure, sure. And and then here's my question, you know, so you like the over on this game, and so you got to think there's some production. What, Which of these rookie running backs that I keep on re- saying I think are going to ascend over time, Kerryon Johnson and Sonny Michel, you think it's more possible for Kerryon Johnson to uh, show out in this game that we expect a lot of production from? Or what I think Sonny Michel, quite honestly, Scott, because – the Lions have gotten gashed. We saw Breida last week. We saw Isaiah Crowell in week one run for big gains against this Lions defense. I'm wondering if uh, Sonny Michel can do that Sunday night. I just don't know if it's the time yet for jo- Sonny Michel, and I don't know when it's going to be the time. You know, also they can throw the ball out of the backfield to James White, and he can carve up that defense as well. It's, you know, I'm going to have to believe it with my own eyes to see it. You know that some New England running back is going to take some sort of major league, major lead role here. I know they drafted him late in the first round, but as long as Rex Burkhead is there, he's not going to go away. They're going to use James White. They'll even hand him, hand him the ball a little bit here and there. You know this is this is still a pass-heavy team, and mm-hmm. you know, we haven't seen a feature back since Corey Dillon. 
You know, so I'm not going to believe it until I actually see it. Sony Michelle is still a rookie, and he still missed a lot of time. Yeah, that is true. I'm a little bit higher on him than you, Scotty. I think they drafted him in the first round for that exact purpose. Now, that might be eventually and maybe not Sunday night. But I do believe, uh, you know, and I agree with you. I do think it will be eventually. But I also think that the Detroit Lions run defense is ripe for the picking. And so, you know, we could see the start of that this week. Real quick, Scotty, on the other side, we talked about all these games with high totals. There are two games with really low totals. Bears-Cardinals at only 37 and a half. And then Thursday night football, Jets-Browns at only 39 and a half. Let's talk, let's talk Thursday night football real quick because you were saying you like, you know, Crowell in a revenge game and stuff like that. Vegas thinks that less than 40 points will be scored in this game overall. Do you agree with them, Scotty? You're on the over or under on this one. Yeah, I'm with the over on this one, although I do like the Cleveland defense as a fantasy play, maybe to get some sacks and turnovers here. One of my favorite streamers this week, along with the Dallas Cowboys, but uh, you know Isaiah Crowell and especially Terrell Pryor, he wanted to stay in Cleveland, and they still got rid All of him. Right. So, you know, he would like nothing better to do than to score a touchdown against them. Uh, you know, I think I think it could be more points scored here, but, you know, I would still use the Cleveland defense, though, for, for sacks and turnovers. But the yeah, other game, you know, the Arizona that. game, that's, that's going to go under. Yeah, I would think so. You have not been a fan of the Chicago offense. You said it yourself. You know, they haven't figured out in Arizona really how to use David Johnson. We know Fitzy is a little banged up as well. Uh, You know, that's why it has the lowest total on the board, Scott. They know what they're doing out there in the desert. That's why they keep on building those buildings. All right, Scott, that's our time tomorrow here. We're going to start looking at, you know, week three specific kind of rankings. We'll give you all the news and notes, some injury updates as well, and we'll look some more at some point spreads of the key games of week three keep it locked and we'll take your phone calls as well keep it locked here tomorrow me and blue are up next fantasy sports today ain't nobody loves you better all right it's roto experts in morning we'll see you tomorrow scott <laughs>